Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Guys, I'll never forget when I became a Christian. I was 17 years old. That's when I got saved. And I'll never forget walking forward. I remember with anticipation, a little bit scared, and my heart kind of palpitated. What am I doing? Are you kidding me? See, I had grown up in a very religious home, if you will, but now I'm, wait a minute, I'm making a commitment to get saved, and I remember giving my life to Jesus. Now, something happened to me that day that most of you would understand. You go, what's that, Pastor? The God of the universe came into my heart and forgave me of my sins. We had one amen. All right. He took the guilt and the shame away from my past. You see, I don't know if you understand that, but before you gave your life to Jesus, you had to deal with your guilt. How you behaved, what you did, what you said, how you... And God takes that away. He's forgiven you. A lot of people go, well, Pastor Ben, I understand that God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. And it's like, well, wait a minute, hold on. You understand what you're saying. You're saying that your authority is higher than God's. Whoa, no, no, I didn't say that. Well, if God forgave you, you need to be set free. Don't hold that in. And so I remember doing that, guys. I remember the guilt. I felt so refreshed. I felt so energized. Man, I was ready. Let's go, world. At 17. And I remember what the pastor said. All right. All right, Ben. Now you're saved. You're saved. I'm saved. You're saved. Now, here's what I want you to do. What's that? Go out and tell people. Go out and tell people. I think I can do this. I, 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 I can do. Go tell people what God has done. I, I, Go out and share. Go out and share. Okay. Okay. I'm a Christian. I need to go out and share. Now, the one thing I began thinking is, how's this going to work? I'm going to go out and how am I, how am I going to do this? How am I going to share what God has done? Do, do I simply go out and, 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 and go up to people and, and kind of say, hi? <laughs> um, you don't know me, but, um, um, I gave my life to Jesus and I think you should do the same thing. You're like, no, I don't know about that. Or maybe I need it to be more theological, right? Maybe I go up to them and say, you know, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And they'll be like, what? You're found? Were you lost? Let me call the police. If you're lost, let me call the police. So I didn't really know how to do this, guys. But listen, here's where it gets good. I knew that God was doing something inside my heart. I knew it. That moment I made a decision, I knew something had changed in me. I knew what God was doing it. And I knew I had to share it. Now, I understand pastor said, hey, you need to go share it. But I knew I had to. I just, this is just what the gospel does inside you. Once you become transformed, you want to share it with everybody. You want everyone to have what you have. You want everyone to experience what you experience. Oh, I had such good news. I had such great news. I had to share it. I had to share it. What? Think about this, guys. Think about the good news that we have. You go, what's that? Our soul is saved from hell. Oh, we don't talk about hell. 
It's 2021. Don't talk about hell. No, Jesus talked about that. And he, and, and I know my sins were forgiven. And I know my guilt was removed. And I know that peace flooded my heart. Can anybody relate? Can anybody relate with that? You knew that. You couldn't explain it, but you knew. You knew. Yeah. What happened? I don't know. I got saved. What does that mean? I don't know, but I have peace. I have peace. What about, I just know this. I know if I die, I'm going to heaven. Well, what did you do? You haven't, you have been a booger your whole life. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but Jesus took that. I know. It's no. Well, you don't behave very well. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm learning and I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm growing. But I know this. I have to share it. How could I not share it? How could I not share the good news? Right? So I began my journey, guys, my journey with Jesus. Now, keep this in mind. I knew nothing about the Bible at age 17. You understand that? I knew nothing about the Bible. The only thing I could remember about the Bible was the movie, The Ten Commandments. And I knew there were 10 of them. Okay? So, uh, all right, I'm saved. I'm saved. What do you know? Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston. But he really wasn't Moses. Was he? No, he wasn't. Mo- okay. Okay, hold on. Stacy. And, and, and I remember watching. You guys remember watching the Ten Commandments when you were little? Do you remember? Right? Your little TV, your little 19-inch TV. And if you got a 27-inch, you were rich. But anyways, then I remember watching the Red Sea part. And it freaked out a kid, don't you think? You're like, ah! Oh, right? And it really freaked us out. And, and, and that's all I really knew about the Bible. So, with a lot of zeal, ah, say I'm saved, Mel. Mel, I'm saved. I gotta go tell somebody. But I had no tact. I had no tact. And here I go to tell the world about Jesus. You guys tracking with me? I gotta tell them. Some of you know where I'm going. Okay? So, as I began to share my newfound faith, I'm 17, right? I was completely astonished. And you go, Ben, why? Well, listen, people were not eager to listen. They weren't lining up the door, goes, tell me more, tell me more. What about this Jesus? I'm, they were like, really? Oh, man, I'm saved. You won't believe, what did you, I'm just, I'm saved. I, I, oh, I can't tell you the peace. And, 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 and I don't, and they're like, huh. I'll never forget, guys, one night, me and my best pal, we said, hey, let's go grab some, let's go grab some grub. Let's go eat. And we went out to a local restaurant, um, and I remember, we, I was always, always doing this, okay? There was, a, the, the waitress would come to the table, and I knew that was my opportunity. So I began to share Jesus with our waitress. Now, you understand, I'm 17, I just got saved, I don't know much about the Bible, but I've got to share. And so I began with limited knowledge, with a lot of zeal, I began to tell her about Jesus. And so she comes to the order. Hi, I'm so-and-so. May I take your order? Ah, great. I'll, I'll have... Hey, by the way, do you know Jesus? And she looked at me like that look, and I began to tell her a few things. You know how it goes down, right? And I remember telling her exactly um, how she was a sinner, just like I was. I remember telling her how she was headed for hell, I remember telling her all of that. 
Ma'am, do you understand? Um, I just got saved, but you realize you're a sinner and you're going to hell if you don't change your ways. You might accept Jesus right now. Here's her reply. Her reply to me, she actually replied, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. You know what she told me? She says, judge not that you be judged. That's what she told me. Judge not that you be judged. And I went, started scratching my head, and I was really speechless. You go, why, pastor? In other words, she told me biblically that I'm not to judge her about her sin or going to hell or else I would be judged the same way. I went, whoa, hold the phone, time out. I don't know anything about this Christianity thing. Wait, 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 what? What? Really? Now, listen, listen, listen. Guys, whenever you share with Jesus, you're going to get one of three reactions, aren't you? Whenever you share your heart with Jesus, you're going to get one of three reactions. The first one is going to be, praise God, yes, I'm a Christian. Hallelujah, amen, high five, whatever it is. I don't know if we high five anymore, but you know what I'm saying, right? We're like, yeah, yeah, I agree, man, amen, yes, I gave my life to Jesus. And what you do is you gain a brother or a sister, it's amazing. It's amazing. Your spirit, uh, yes. That's one reaction. You know what another action, another reaction you get? You begin to share Jesus and you'll get this reaction. You'll get that stern look, I'm already a Christian, I go to this church. I mean, they throw that, I go to this church and church, I'm already a Christian. In other words, don't talk to me, I'm okay, I go to church over here. Now, let me ask you guys a question, because you guys look like a pretty smart bunch of, uh, of folks. Go, does going to church make you a Christian? It doesn't, right? But that's our, that's, our, that's our foundation when we don't want to be confronted with anybody. We don't want to talk about this. Well, I go over here. And what do we do? We go, oh, great. Oh, great. I remember doing a Bible study early on. Early, early on. I remember doing a Bible study. And after the Bible study, we had a, uh, a little fellowship. And I remember asking the lady who hosted the Bible study. I just asked her where, how she got saved. Like, tell me when you got saved. I wanted to know your testimony. But I probably, looking back, probably didn't articulate that very well, to which she was really offended, thinking I was questioning her salvation. That's how people are. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, I don't know if that was the Lord or whatever, but I just know, I was just wanting to know, tell me, give, tell me your story. Tell me your story. Which is really good when people go, hey, did you, do you want to know about Jesus? All right, and they're like, well, I go to, well, tell me your story. When did you get saved? When did you get saved? When did God really move and transform your heart? Or you'll get the third reaction, which is, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You have no right. And, and some of them will use the King James Version. Judge not, lest you be judged. That's how I learned it. Judge not, lest you be judged. And what really that is, is just kind of going, hey, wait a minute. Don't, don't, don't look at me. Worry about your own self. That's what they're saying. Now, after all of this, Jesus, guys, he comes on the scene, and what he wants to do is he wants to set the record straight. And he reminds us that right now, at this point, we're flying upside down. We don't realize that, okay? Because when, because uh, first three chapters of Genesis, we're taking off very, very well. 
Sin comes in and turns us upside down. When you want, you and I want to accelerate or even go higher, we don't realize we're upside down and we're headed for what? A crash. A crash. And can I just say this? This has nothing to do with the text, but if the world is flying upside down, we are about to just explode. It's coming. The enemy of your soul is doing everything he can to distract you from where you should be with God. Everything. He knows his time is short. He is going full on, full out, wants to get us. Now, the good news is that greater is he that is in us. And we have Jesus. Can I get a good amen? Okay, so we understand the attacks are coming. But, but I mean, we need to know. Okay, okay. That's a spiritual attack. Okay, they're going to come after. Going to come after marriages. Going to come after all of that. All, our walks with God. Our walks with God. He's going to come. And, and again, we, we, we see that Jesus says, now, hold on. You guys are flying upside down. As you go out, you're going to crash and die. The world is about to crash and die. So what he's been doing is he has been teaching. And even today, he's going to teach us about judging. About judging. So I thought, okay, if the Lord is going to teach us about how we judge or, or judgment or judging, I said, I went on the internet and I thought, let me, let me see what most people judge each other about. Like, what is the most common thing? Okay. Now, these are external factors that are so easily to use to judge people. These are them. You go, what are they? Okay. Now, here's the one thing. Before I get into that, it's so easy to jump to conclusions about people based strictly on how they look. We all do it even if we don't like to admit it. Here's some ways we judge people even if it seems unfair. You go, what is it? Number one, the, one of the biggest way we judge people is the color of a person's skin. That's the first thing we do. You go, wow. And is it not, no matter what the color of your skin is, is it not based upon the culture and not the person themselves? Well, they were, they grew up in that, or they here, or you were from this side, or whatever. It, we just do. We just do. I'll never forget, guys, growing up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, we lived in a, uh, in a rougher part of the town, I guess you could say. It didn't, it didn't feel rougher, but we did. And all of a sudden, this builder comes in by the name of Dale Bellama, and he started building homes on the other side of the tracks, if you will, right? And the people who lived in the Bellama area were kind of the upper. There was a lot of looking down on, well, you're from Bellama, okay. I'm from the west side. You guys know what I'm talking. I mean, we always we always drew lines. You're from north, you're from south, and we always had these rivalries. And and again, this is this is based on you know where you live. But that was the number one is the the color we judge the color of a person's skin. But let me say this: Did you realize that number two, as we judge a person's weight, when we look at somebody, we look at them and we judge them based upon how much they weigh. This is according to the internet. Everybody goes, oh, oh. And last but not least, you won't believe this, 
But the third one is we judge the clothes on a person's back. We judge what people wear. No doubt. And we look and go, wow. Pastor, don't you have any other shirts? You keep wearing this one or don't you have that? And we judge different clothing, don't we? And we, we do. Now, you may not tell anybody, but how many of us think it? And so we're looking at a person's skin. We're looking at their weight. Why? Because if they're overweight, what do we say? Oh, well, look at you. You guys, you can't say no to a meal. If they're skinny, you go, oh, they must be doing something illegal. And it's like, no, that's not what God has called us as believers to do. Now, I would say this. I think that we should all be healthy as best we can. Healthy. It's important. But we should not judge externally. Because when we judge externally, chances are we're probably judging them spiritually. Spiritually. Okay, that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at what my Jesus says about this. Now, let me set the stage for those that hadn't been here or you, those aren't watching online. Jesus is teaching from a mountain. Okay, now what we need to understand is he gathers his disciples. Okay, so the term follow me is that he's calling you to be more than just a believer. He wants you to be his disciple says, come on, follow me, be my disciple, be a fully devoted follower of Christ. Now, you guys have said yes, because you're here. So he gathers you on the mountainside, and he begins teaching you that as a follower of Jesus, this is how you should behave. And then we talked about all of these things, all of these practices in kingdom life. How so? The very first thing my Jesus addresses was giving, was giving. That there should no be dis- no disconnect between our wallet and our worship. That we should be giving all of it abundantly to the Lord, hilariously. He said, that should be our giving. Don't hold on to it. Give. Give it away. He talked about not only giving, but he talked about praying. He says, don't pray outside so that, so that, so that the, the, the people would just, oh, look at you. Wow, you're, you're so holy. Wow, what a great prayer. Pray as if God was right there. Let me tell you this. If I prayed that God was right there, I think I would fall on my face and just, I wouldn't say anything. He's God. We have to be careful. Jesus said, don't be, oh, heavenly father, as thou greatest. And people are like, wow, dude, you're very spiritual. I am, aren't I? That's Jesus says, no, 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 no. That's your reward. He says, pray. Pray with your heart. Pray what's in your heart. And sometimes the biggest prayer is, God, help. I'm, I'm messed up. I'm broken. Help. He talked about fasting. He talked about fasting. Guys, listen to me. We called for an all-church fast. I begged you to fast something. And, 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 and God moved. Bethany got out of the hospital. My friend Dion got out of the hospital. These were people that were on a vent. <sighs> we have to know. We have to, we have to 
deny the flesh and focus on God. And he taught us about this the last week. You remember? Worry and money again. Worry. Remember the title? Don't worry, be happy. But not so much don't worry, be happy. More like don't worry, be holy. Be holy. And that's what he's teaching us. And if that wasn't enough, here's what he says. I'm going to talk to you about judging. I'm going to talk to you about judging. And if you're taking notes, as we come to chapter 7, Jesus is going to teach us about our judgment, our judgment of others, if you will, and then how we should, well, our judgment of ourselves first, and then how we judge others. He's going to delve into that. Next week, he's going to, we're going to see how God judges us. Very, very important, okay? So, let's pick it up, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 says this. Jesus is continuing his teaching. He says, judge not that you be not judged. Now, this is probably one of the most verses taken out of context you can imagine. This is a verse everybody goes, hey, don't judge me. Run your own race. Hey, don't judge me. Don't jump. Look at yourself. But Jesus is going to break it down, okay? So right off the bat, Jesus tells you and I, and the religious leaders are close by, he says, judge not. Okay? But we need to break it down because I really want to know what he's saying here. I want to apply it to my life. Okay? So if you have a pencil handy, the actual Greek word here for judge is krino. K-R-I-N-O, krino. You go, okay, what does it mean? It means to decide, everybody say decide, mentally or judicially by implying condemnation and punishment. That is the definition. You go, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything to me. Okay, well, listen, to judge here does not exactly, it does not exactly mean to pronounce uh, this condemnation and judgment. Nor does it refer to a simple judging at all, whether you're favorable or, 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 or the reverse. You go, okay, Ben, you said a lot of stuff, but tell me what it means. You ready? In context, it means the disposition of looking down on the character or actions of others. You go, the disposition, you ready? Our attitude. Our attitude towards others. That's what it means. Okay, And if we have this attitude towards others, it leads us to pronounce rash or unjust judgments upon them. One pastor said this, and I quote, he said, down with bad attitudes or tendencies of people who live differently. That's what he's saying. But I found a better quote from great theologian Captain Jack Sparrow. You know Captain Jack Sparrow? He said this, quote, the problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem, end quote. I thought that was a good quote, wasn't it? The problem isn't the problem. You know what the problem is? It's our attitude attitude about the problem. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, don't judge your attitude. Now, he's not saying that we should not be able to inspect a brother's life and help a brother out. I'm going to share that with you. But he's saying, watch your attitude in how you judge a person's color, socioeconomic, a person's weight, a person's clothes, who they are, what they do. We're good at that. 
Come on, guys. Even in church, when somebody comes in and let's say they're tatted from head to toe, we all give that look. We do. If someone walks into Calvary Chapel and they got a suit on, we give that look. Oh, they must be in the wrong place. We don't do suits and ties here. Guys, that's not about... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love the fact that you guys have made this church one of the best-loved churches. I was talking to Raina earlier. Guys, Raina's in the children's ministry right now. But I asked her, what, what is it about Calvary? She goes, you guys made me feel so loved. And I've got to be honest with you. I was a little anticipating. What am I going to expect? And, you, and she goes, I didn't feel like a stranger at all. That's you. That's why she drives from Leveland every morning, every Sunday to come here. Because she feels loved. She feels accepted. Okay? Jesus says, be careful. Why? He tells us, verse 2, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Pastor, what did he just say? He said this, you can expect to be treated as you treat others. If you are severe on them, then it stands to reason that they would be severe on you. Do you know what the book of Proverbs says? Let me just talk about friends for just a moment, okay? Because a lot of us go, oh, I don't have any friends or my friends or friends. The Bible says this, guys. In order to have friends, you must be friendly. You must, you must be a friend. You must be a friend. Okay, I'm going to step on some toes because I stepped on my own toes earlier. You go, what's that? We have to be so careful, guys. One of the things that the Lord showed us as the leadership showed me, and again, it's in, it's, it, it's in our, uh, man. Think about it. We're called to love people back to life. We don't understand that a world has so beaten up our Christian brothers and sisters and that we don't, we, we, we just forget about it. We don't sit there and go, man, I, our job is to love them back to life. Now, I'm not saying condone their sin. We don't put our arms around them and say, that's okay, go sin some more. We say, I need to love you to the place where you're back serving Jesus. Why? Don't look at me funny. All of us throw, we, we, we're all, we all throw people away. Well, they, they just didn't do what I, I just guess it didn't take. I don't know. That's not what God called us to do. We'll let him with the righteous judgment. But he says, let's do this. Let's check our attitudes, okay? With, are we judging externally? Are we judging spiritually? We have not walked a mile in their shoes, have we? We haven't walked where you've walked. But some of us have, and I'll tell you what. That is either going to make you Bitter, or it's going to make you better. When I understand that you came from the same place I came from, then I, my heart goes out to you. Okay, I know this is, the, this is the danger. Be careful. But as your pastors, there are times that we can't save you. And I don't mean salvation-wise. I mean, we go after you and we... 
But then there are times when we can lovingly say, hey, I've been there. I've been there. Guys, listen. If you've ever heard Soph's testimony, he tells you for, for many years of his life, nobody shared the gospel with him. Nobody. And that's what we should be, that's, that, should be, that should be prompting our heart that we need to share the gospel. Because think about this. Now, I know, listen, I, I mean, I'm just going to be, I know Soph and Yvonne aren't perfect. I know that, okay? I know it's going to be, a, <laughs> what? <laughs> but a life was changed that day. And God, in his wonderful sense of humor, brought them out of California to Lubbock, Texas, for me. I know, right? And I know they're not perfect. Nobody is. But a life was changed because somebody shared the gospel. Somebody shared the gospel with somebody that, that look at him. I mean, he, back in the day, to beat you up, probably. I don't know. I mean, but somebody loved him enough to share. And Yvonne. It was awesome. But the point is, guys, is that, is, is again, be careful that we, somebody didn't just go, ah, oh, he's not, no, he's, he's a, he's a partier and he's this or he's that or he's, she's this or, nobody, we, it's like, listen, you need the Lord. This life is going to end, is it not? You can count on it. You can count. This life's going to end. And what you do with Jesus is what matters. And Jesus says, now, if you if y'all didn't get it, then let me illustrate it. This is how he's going to illustrate it. Look at verse 3, guys. He says, now, he says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is, your, is in your own eye. Notice what Jesus says. He says, hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Guys, this is amazing. Why? And it's very weighty. It's very weighty. And you go, why? Because look at what he says. He says, guys, let me ask you a question. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Now remember, put on your thinking caps. He's not preaching to the Pharisees. He's preaching to his disciples. That makes a huge difference because we know the Pharisees would what? He told the Pharisees, guys, you, you, man, you guys strain at nets, but you swallow camels. He says, I get that. But my disciples, he goes, by the way, why are you looking for the speck in your brother's eye, but you forget that you have a huge plank in your eye? Huge. Let me tell you what to do. Well, first of all, he calls us hypocrite. You know what hypocrite means here? It means to wear a mask. So he goes, you're wearing a mask. That's not who you really are. But let me say this. Let me say this. He says, first, first, he says, let's take the plank out of your own eye. Our hypocrisy in this matters is always more evident to those than ourselves. We may find a way to ignore the plank in our own eye, but others notice it immediately. And again, here's the thing. Let me go back to the story of the waitress, okay? There was a way to share my faith without saying, look at you, look at you, look at this, here's what's going on. In essence, she goes, hey, the Lord says, hey, first, Ben, 
let's remove the plank in your own eye. Oh. Now, what we got to grasp here, guys, what we got to grasp is this is what the Lord is telling us when it comes to our judgment. When it comes to our judgment. This is what he's telling us. He goes, hey, listen, your brother, it's okay. He has a speck. Now, he doesn't deny that your brother has a speck. He's not going, well, you thought you saw a speck, but it's not. He says, what I want you to do is look at yourself first. Let me ask you a question, church. If you were to look at yourself first before you ever counseled a brother or sister in any matter, how would your counsel be? A lot different, wouldn't it? A lot different. Here's why. Listen. Not you guys, but a lot of people, a lot of us, tend to, as the closer, the longer we walk with Jesus, we tend to kind of sit into some cruise control theology. I'm, I've been walking with the Lord a little bit longer. And I'm going to pick on Alex because he's right here and he's wearing a, just a, a crazy tie. And he says, Alex, listen, bro, you're having problems. If you would just do what I do, if you would do what I do, then you wouldn't experience this. If I were to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you remember? Do you remember what you used to do? Well, I don't like to think about that. Jesus has forgiven me. Here's the point, guys. The point is, is I remember that my brother becomes so important And I could come to him in humility and grace. I can come to him with a lot of love and be like, hey, Al, bro, listen, listen from a brother. Don't do that. You're going to go down the wrong. It's not going to end well for you, bro. And he's not going to go, judge not, lest you be judged. I'll go, no, bro, I, I have been judged in that area, and I blew it. And I messed up, man. And I don't want to see that for you. I don't want to see that for you. This is what he's talking about. This is what he's saying. Think about this, guys. Let me give you a good example. Wouldn't you think a good example of what Jesus is talking about in hypocrisy would be David's reaction to Nathan's story? Do you guys remember that? David's reaction, right? The man who stole and killed another man's lamb. Do you remember what David said? Nathan comes up and says, hey, Dave, I got a, I got a problem. What's the problem? This man, you know, and he says, and he talks about stealing another man's little lamb, and it was the pet and everything. And you know what David said? <laughs> David's like, Have the man killed, right? He wanted to kill him. David quickly condemned the men, but was blind to his own sin. Let me say this to you guys. If we were to look at ourselves constantly, then we wouldn't be blind to our sin, and we would be less quick to condemn other people. Listen, the goal isn't to condemn here. That's not our job. The goal is to love people into the kingdom. The goal is to honor people into the kingdom. And Jesus says, guys, first remove the speck. First remove the plank from your own eye. First remove. Remember, Jesus doesn't say that it's wrong for us to help our brother. Now, don't go all the way to this extreme where we go, you don't understand my life is a mess. It's always been a mess. I can't help anybody. Brother, please help me. I can't. I'm just like... That's not what he's saying. He's saying it's not wrong for you to help somebody. It's, it's not wrong. He says, listen, it's a good thing to help your brother with respect, but not before dealing 
with your own heart. Okay, so we got to chat, okay? Because this is real heavy. This is real weighty, okay? It's important for us as believers, as disciples, to watch our attitude towards others. We should never look down on people. You guys are created in the Imago Dei. You are created in God's image, and we should not look down on that. Only God is the righteous, uh, righteous judge. But I want to reiterate one thing. It is important to help out a struggling brother or sister, but to do it in a manner of love. You go, what do you mean? Paul, in writing to to the Galatians, chapter 6, verse 1, says this. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, if any believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. But he says this. Here's the admonition. Be careful not to fall in the same temptation yourself. Okay? So he says, listen, guys. First, take the pole out of your eye. Make sure your heart is right. And Paul says, because we're all in the same family. And he says, be very careful that what your brother's struggling with, be very careful that you don't jump back into that. Come on, somebody. Because we'll hear many people go, you know what, I'm... I struggle with alcohol. I'm going to go into the bar to try to win my friends to Jesus. No. It'll usually pull you back in. It'll usually, right? You struggle with donuts. Some of you struggle with donuts, right? You say, I'm not going to drive by the donut store the sixth time. If there's not a parking, I'm going to drive around, right? We, we can't do that. We have to go, okay, I need to be careful. Okay. Listen, listen, bro, I would really love to help you, but I can't in this area. Let me get somebody who can walk with you. That's what he's saying. So what are we, who are we judging first? Ourselves, right? That's, the, that's what Jesus is saying. First, you need to judge yourselves. This is how we do it. Okay, got to check my heart. Amen? Got to check my heart. Okay, then I can help my brother. But he says, now... What about the judgment of others, our judgment of others? He says, okay, well, l- let's look. Verse 6, Jesus says, don't give what is holy to the dogs. Wait, what? Nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Wait, 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 Jesus, what are you saying? Jesus, here's what he's saying. You ready? Jot this down. Christians must exercise discernment. We must have discernment, guys. Why? Because, listen, not everyone is a sheep. Think about what Jesus said. Some people are dogs or hogs, right? And some are wolves in sheep's clothing. Okay? We are the Lord's sheep. Everybody say, bah, right? Say, yeah. But this doesn't mean that other people should pull the wool over our eyes. Okay, so what is the Lord saying? He says, listen, the reason we must judge, verse 6, as God's people, the reason we have to kind of, okay, 
I've removed a plank from my eye. Now I see a speck, but wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, you are, guys, listen, you are privileged to handle the holy things of God. That's what he's calling you to be a disciple for. So that you handle, so that you do his work. He has entrusted you, listen to me, with the precious truths of God's word. And we must regard them carefully. Think about this. No dedicated priest would throw meat from the altar to the filthy dogs. Now, listen, Western society, we, we don't have dogs like they had dogs. You understand that. Those are our puppies. Those are, oh, look at the dog. Save the dog, right? We love dogs. Some of you love cats. I get it. But, but, but here's the point, right? Back in this day, they were filthy dogs. They, were, they would eat any of the scraps. They would attack you. They were vicious. And a priest would not take the altar, the very sacred things, and throw them to the dogs. He wouldn't. Nor, think about this. What would he say? Nor, he says, only a fool would give their pearls to a pig. And that's what he's saying. Okay? But again, we need to note the context. What's the context? Have we checked our attitudes? Have we removed the pole from our eyes? So in judging others, we have used proper discernment. This is a tough task, church. This is tough. Okay? I want to use proper discernment. Well, Ben, you just said all people. Yeah, but some of them, some of them you. But I need help. Okay, I really need some resources. I need something because this is a tough task. And Jesus knows that because here's what he does. He says, by the way, if you're going to share your hearts and you're going to help your brothers in life, you actually need some resources. You need some help. I do? Yeah. So he says, let me share with you. Okay, verse 7. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Your attention, please. Please don't take this verse out of context to get what you want. Well, how come you don't get what you want? Because you haven't asked, you haven't knocked. He's talking in context of what? Of having the resources to be able to help your brother in a time of need, but not to be pulled down into sin and, and be careful that you're using wise discernment so you're just not casting your pearls before swine. He goes, okay, so what I need? I need to ask the Lord. I need to keep on seeking. I need to keep on knocking. He says, then I'll open it to you. Why? For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks will be opened. Or, what manner is there among you if his son asks for bread? Will he, will, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him. Wow, this is the resource, guys. The resources is like, Lord, check my heart. Watch my, Lord, please, I need, I need discernment. I need your wisdom. He's calling us to pray before we act. Let me just share this with you. True confession time at Calvary Chapel. There are many times that people will come to me and I feel like I need to give them an answer instantaneously. I need to give them some sort of wisdom. And here's what the Lord is saying. Ben, sometimes you just need to go, I really need to pray through this. 
before I tell you how you can deal with your marriage or with your situation at work or with your boss or with any of these things. Sometimes I feel like, let me just, let me just say. Now, let me give you just two types, okay, guys? Number one, I think it's important for us to learn to listen. You go, Ben, we're listening right now. No, no, no. Whenever somebody comes to us with their problem, okay, we need to learn to listen. Is this something that I can really take on, something I can deal with, something that I have wisdom about, or, or is there somebody who have better resources, better, you know, better experience in doing this? That's the first thing. The second thing when it comes to listening is that we need to close our mouths. It's hard to listen when I'm talking. And that's what the attitude of the judgment is about, is it not? Our attitude about the judgment. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Now, listen, most of you have a problem that I've probably experienced. And so right away I go, oh, I have a, I, I, yeah, so-and-so. And that's not what you want to hear. Sometimes you just want to talk about it. Sometimes you just want, okay. And sometimes God calls us just to listen. And just to smile and say, amen, I love you, man. Yeah, man, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough, man. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry you're going through this. They're not asking you for advice. What are they asking you for? Just to listen. Just to listen. Just to be that friend. Just to listen. Okay. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. Part of listening is not, t- not telling anybody else, is it? Ooh, let me tell you what so-and-so said. Boy, they're really going through it. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think he's having an affair. Blah, 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 blah. That's not what God has called us to do, guys. As disciples, he says, man, we need to pray. We need to pray. He says, go to prayer. Seek God. Seek God. My question at this point would be like, why did the Lord discuss prayer at this point in his teaching? Because he's talking about what? About judging. Now, these verses kind of seem as an interruption, but they're not. How so? You and I are human and we're fallible. We make mistakes. Only God can judge perfectly. Therefore, we must pray and seek his wisdom and direction. Okay? If any of you lack wisdom, James says, let him ask of God. What's he saying? Tap into his resources. Tap into his resources. Guys, think about young King Solomon. Do you remember? This is the coolest story. The Lord comes to him and says, Solomon, you're you're amazing. You're the king now. I'm going to give you anything you want. What are you going to ask? And Solomon realized, he says, you know what I want, Lord? I want wisdom to judge your people. To judge your people. He prayed for wisdom to judge Israel. I hate to admit this to you all. But I put myself in that story, and I think a lot of times I would ask for money. <laughs> I'd ask for riches. I think I would ask for comfort. You know what I mean? Ben, you're the king now. What do you want to do? Well, Lord, you know what? I really want to be well off. I want to have, I want to think, I think I would. And that's why I'm not the wisest man in the world. But I know my own heart. And I want and that's why the story is so, is so intended. I need to tap into his resources. Lord, do I, really, do I really want this? Guys, if we're going to have spiritual discernment, I think we need to keep on knocking. We need to keep on asking. And that leads us to even a greater ministry. 
because then God meets the needs of his children. And again, remember what I said. This is not a prayer that's taken out of context, like praying for a new car or golf clubs or to win that 72-inch plasma TV. God, you just said, and I prayed, 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 and I prayed. It's, it, right? We can't take it out of context. Jesus gives us the guiding principle, the so-called golden rule. Look at verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Right? This is where we get the phrase, do unto others. Right? Do to others what you would have them do to you. There is the principle of reaping what you sow, and I have done that. I've done that. But I want to reap good stuff. I want to be a friend. And and this is what he says. Whatever I want men to do to me, I need to be doing. I need to be doing. Why, Ben? Why? Because we take this verse and make it the sum of the total Christian truth, or we think it's the plan of God's redemption. This is what you need to do. And what people do is they'll take this verse and they'll say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can get to heaven by treating others how I want to be treated? No, that's not the gospel. He's talking about believers. The truth is, you ready? That we ought to govern our attitudes towards others. And I never thought I would have to add this, but we must do this in social media as well. Wait, what? Be careful what you comment. Just be careful. Because sometimes our attitudes come across in comments, and then, it's, then we start a whole thread of disagreements that shouldn't be online for everybody to see. If our judgment is not governed by this principle, what will happen, guys, is we'll become proud and critical. But practicing the golden rule here, what he says in verse 12, Guys, here's what it does. It releases the love of God. And it enables us to help others, even those who want to hurt us. That's what it does. How many of you were ever told by God to do something to somebody who wanted to hurt you? Be nice to them. Take care of them. Do something. Guys, God's kingdom is greater than, than, than us on earth. His, his principle, his, it's greater. And that's why he calls us disciples. He says, you know how people are going to know you're my disciple? By the love you have one for another. So if somebody comes in your church, love on them. Pastor, what if they're homeless? Love on them. 
Pastor, what if they're, six, they're, they're a millionaire, a billionaire? Love on them. What if they're all tatted up? Love on them. What if they're part of the biker gang? Love on them. What if they're a different color skin? Love on them. What if they're far from God? Love on them. What if they're walking close to God? Love on them. Listen to the Lord. Just love on people. This is what he's saying. He's saying, this is it, man. It just, what about helping people? Help people. Listen, God put something on my heart this morning. Immediately, I did it. He put it on my heart. I did it. I'm not going to debate with him anymore. He, I know what he puts in my heart. That's all. Boom. Well, we're gonna, we need to help people. We need to help people. We need to help people. People need to know that they're important to us. We may not text them all the time. We may not call them every day. But we love them, don't we? And we help them. We help them when we can. That's what he's saying. So as we close, let's just, let's just let this sink in. As we close, it's important for us as disciples, guys, to humble ourselves and not to judge others. Not with the crino, that condemning look at you that I'm better than you attitude. So important. And when it comes to sharing the gospel with people who don't care or who want to hurt you, Use spiritual discernment. Sometimes you have to simply walk away. Sometimes you have to simply walk away. Pray. Lord, I, I did. I don't know. I don't know. One of the hardest things, I think, for us to do is to reach out and love people who you think are fighting against God. Several years back, I had one gentleman here that seemed so hard. And you know what it took? All it took was us saying, I am so glad you're here. I've missed you. You doing okay? Guys, that person today still calls on me. This is somebody that he seemed hard. He seemed broken. And I'm glad that the Lord Jesus didn't give up on me when I was running away from him. And I'm glad the Lord Jesus didn't give up on you. So here's your charge. You ready? We have a whole city out there that needs to to know about Jesus. Not church. Jesus. We have neighbors. We have friends. We have school that's coming up. They need to know about Jesus.
Bless your kids, teacher. Bless them. Let them know about Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, wow, it's heavy. And wow. We seek you, God, that you would lead us to who needs you, God. Lord, my heart has always gone out to those who are far from you. And as I stand behind this pulpit, God, week after week after week after week, I pray that your spirit would save people. And then with every eye closed and every head bowed, I never want to leave a gathering without offering an invitation. I want to invite you into the family of God. Because maybe you're here and you grew up in church. Maybe you're here and you don't have a real relationship with God. You believe there's a God, but you've never met Jesus. He's never transformed you from the inside out. You've never put your faith and trust in him, but God brought you here today. God put you online here today because maybe today is your day. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you might say, Pastor Ben, you know what? You were talking to me. And I feel like I'm a million miles away from God. I feel like I, I, but, but listen, you may feel like that, but I'm here to tell you you're one decision from coming back into the family. All you have to do is open up your heart and invite him inside. Say, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you are the son of God and you are coming back for me. You resurrected, and I believe that. But I need help, Lord. I can't do this life alone. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a Christian. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity right now. What do I have to do? All I'm going to do is ask you to raise your hand. Nobody's going to see. Everybody's eyes is closed. They're praying with me. If you've never given your life or you want to recommit your life to God or right now, Lord is moving in your heart, would you just lift up your hand right now? And if you're watching online, you can just lift up your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? You're gonna, this is it. This is between you and the Lord. Anyone else says yes to Jesus? God bless you. Anyone else? Would you just, would you just pray this prayer? I'm going to lead you, but it's your prayer. Would you say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that you died on the cross for me to take away my sins, my guilt, and my shame. I believe that you resurrected on the third day. I believe you're God. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord 
I give you full control. Be my savior and be my friend. Guide me for the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with all of your heart and meant it, I believe by the authority of Scripture that that you're saved. That you're saved. And that you're in the family of God. And if you did that for the first time, second time, third time, we have a Bible for you. I want to get you well on your way. So as Mel leads us in this next song, may the Lord bless you. I want to remind you, Wednesday night, we are in the book of Revelation. Next week, we're going to continue in the book of Matthew. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.